Hey, what's up? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about priorities and disciplines and why they are important to a man's life. Let's get with it on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts, Anthony Kernut and Craig Reynolds. What's up, guys? Anthony Kernut here. Hey, and Craig Reynolds. With Craig Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about priorities and disciplines, um, goals, visions, um, you know, and why they are important to a man. Um, why they are important to um, our families and as husbands and as leaders, um, as fathers, why, um, what are our priorities and what should they be? And what visions do we have to impart on the next generation? We're going to talk about all those things today. Um, but first off, I've got, I have a question. And, and and as a listener, I want you to really, even if you have to pause this, I want you to think about this. What are your priorities? What do you do most? Where do you spend most of your time? What occupies your mind the most? Answering these questions, you can tell where your priorities lay. Um, you can tell what what you enjoy most. You, you know, you hear people say um, all the time, "Well, I don't have time for that." Well, you have time for what you make time for, um, for what you prioritize, and do your priorities line up biblically? Yeah, man. Um, you know, that's a real that's a real uh, gut check. You know, when you think about those things, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, we we all at some point have um, gotten caught up in our priorities being somewhere else, um, you know, outside of, you know, the will of God. Uh, and, the, and the thing about it is anything that we do, as innocent as it may seem, uh, when we make it priority, it, be, it could become sin. You know, That's right. The thing in and of itself may not be sinful, but when it when it takes precedence over over God and over coming to the house of God and being discipled and and being fed, it can become sin. You know, you look at, um, you know, I I, I heard a, a gentleman uh, talk about the other day how he was so obsessed with fishing. He and this is a Christian man. He's actually a, he's a pastor. And um, and he said that, you know, he's so obsessed with fishing. You know, he 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 found his time, his free time, you know, looking at fishing videos, you know, and always thinking about the, you know, the best, you know, things to use to to catch the biggest fish and chasing after, the, you know, that big, you know, catch. And he said the Lord checked him, you know, and he said, I want you to give up fishing this whole month. And he said, man, it was prime time fishing that month. That was the best month of the year to fish. And. God said, Nope, I want you to, I want you to put fishing aside. And he said through that, he realized, wow, my priorities was out of whack, you know? That's right. And, and, you know, that, that's where, you know, having that reflection, you know, like those questions you asked, yeah, that's so important, man. That's right. What, where, where are you putting your time? Because we often, 
we need to ask ourselves those questions often because as we go through, you know, like Craig, your priorities are going to be different than mine are. You're in yeah. a different season of life. Yes. Um, and depending on where you're at in that life, you know, and we're going to have seasons where we're busy. We're going to have seasons where, you, you know, you, you're, you just have to grind. Um, but those, those are seasons. And at the end of those seasons, we should re reevaluate ourselves, be like, okay, where are we at? Where do my priorities lie right now with the will of God? Um, and do, do my priorities include my biblical duties as a man, do they include my family, uh, my wife, my children, uh, my ministry, um, what, whatever it is? Um, you know, do my priorities line up with the will of God? Um, it, you know, and it's important. We and we should we should consistently ask ourselves those questions. We should consistently push push ourselves um, to you know because those questions, like you said, they're kind of a gut check. They're not easy questions to ask. They're not fun. Um, you can kind of get complacent um, in your priorities. They become easy. They can be they become fluent, um, and you can kind of lose sight of of that when you let that grind go on. For for, for years, you, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day. He said, man, he said, I, I just feel like I've just, I'm just grinding, just going through the motions, just trying to survive all the time. And, um, and, and you know, and to where there will be seasons of those, you know, you know, but he, he's talking about over a long period of time and, yeah. and he, he wasn't able to, to perform in ministries. He wasn't able to put, you know, he was putting his family, but it's second, um, and all that stuff. And you, you see the result of this in so many lives. Look at the divorce rate in America right now. Um, and, and all that stuff because people's priorities are not where they need to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and a uh, matter of fact, you know, uh, studying for this this uh, podcast, you know, I was looking at some different stats, you know, of uh, of just you know church attendance and things like that. Um, and you know, you it, it, it's astonishing to see where priorities are when it comes to people coming to the house of God and and, and that profess to be Christians. You know. Um, it said that, you know, the number of non-practicing Christians is rising while the number of practicing Christians is declining. You know, non-practicing Christians have grown from 35% to 43% from 2000 to 2020. During that same time, it says that practicing Christians declined from 45% to 25% and non-Christians or agnostic rose from 20% to 32%. Right. Uh, and it, when you say when you say non-practicing Christians, I'm just want to yeah. clarify for the listener, you're talking about people who who define themselves as Christians, but they do not attend church or yeah. any church events. Right. You know, so and that in itself to me is oxymoronic. Um, right. I don't you know, I mean, if you're a Christian, you're going to follow the commands of God and a command of God is to go to the house of the Lord uh, and, and to be with fellow like minded believers uh iron sharpens iron and uh and you know it's just crazy you know and it, and it goes on to talk about you know how you know on, the, on those same statistics you know regular attend church attendance uh, declining um 
you know, that that same study found weekly church attendance has declined from 45 percent in 1993 to 29 percent in 2020, you know, and it, and it's just crazy. You know, you know, like you talk about this. Uh, I talked about that guy that I know that, you know, he, he mentioned how fishing became his priority. Uh, and, you know, I've seen time and time again, um, just people I know that, man, baseball season comes and their, their kids on the traveling baseball team, man, every, every Sunday, every Sunday, you know, and, uh, at our real men rally this past year, man, Tony Suarez, when he preached that Friday night, he made a very good point. He said, you know, back in my day, you know, you wouldn't see that happening on, on, um, on Sundays because it'd be a Friday or a Saturday. Those games would be played because dad stood up because they said, no, we're going to church. He said, I guarantee if you say, okay, well, if you're going to play on Sundays, my kid's not going to play. And enough parents did that enough fathers and, and everything stood up and said, no, cause we have church and made church the priority. You would see some, you would see some leagues change their rules and change their that's policy. Exactly right. And, and you know, and that's where it's at. Where's our priority? You know, you would look at what's going on in this nation and you know, it's, it's so it's so exciting when the problems with like uh, the you know especially the youth. I'm I'm not I'm not old, but you know the people that are younger, a lot younger than me, and it's like uh, you know it, it shouldn't be shocking because our priorities they're not there. You know, right? I mean, Absolutely. it's crazy. Absolutely, you know when you when you prioritize your kids' sports over church, you need to check your priorities. And don't get me wrong; there's nothing wrong with sports. Sports are great. Uh, yeah. My kids play sports, and, I, and I'm glad. And I try to make it to as many games as possible. Um, but I do not approve of Wednesday games, Sunday games. You know, they are they're oblig. I hold them to an obligation to be there. Um, me personally, I would rather push my kids to to attend the the church wide events. Um, you know, my kids are they're part of the praise teams and stuff like that. Yes. And and I try, I personally, as a father, I try to put more emphasis on that and promote that more than I do sports. And again, there's nothing wrong with sports. There's nothing wrong with you know th- they teach a lot of good things. Um, you know, but. Do your priorities line up with the will of God? You know, exactly. that it's it's that simple. You know, and the next thing I'd like to talk about are goals. You know, what goals do you have? What kind of vision do you have for you and your family? What kind of vision do you have for your work? And why is your vision important? You know, this is another, it's kind of a mouthful, you know, and I get it. Um, you know, your goals, you know, again, you can get tied up in the grind. You can get tied up in, in all those things. Uh, Proverbs nineteen eighteen says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Um, you know, and so, and it kind of ties right into priorities, you know, prioritizing your goals and, and pushing yourself to consistently be better, be better for your family, better for your wife, your children, um, be better for the people around you. I, I heard this statement the, um, the other day, and, and, and I won't mention who stated it, but they were talking about um, a statement that John Hagee had made Um 
about a guy um, that he had seen. He was in this rundown van. He was in all this stuff, and he had had Jesus loves you in the backside of it. And he said he said he didn't understand um, why he would promote something like that. And uh, this guy that was telling me, he said, whenever I was young, I didn't really understand or 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 agree with that. But then he, he, he said the older that he got, the more wise he got about it. Um, and he realized that, you know, if you're going to do something for God, you need to do something for God. You need to do it with all your heart. Um, you, you know, if you're not willing to take care of your prior, your, your possessions that God has given you, you know, what kind of example are you setting for the people around you? Um, and th- that falls right into your priorities, it, you know, and it's not about driving the, the fanciest car or, you know, um, having the nicest house. It's about taking care of what God has given you and, and making that a priority um, uh, to represent Christ in our life. Um, you, you know, and I'm not... It, Again, it's not about what you drive or, or where you live or, or anything like that. It's just about representing God in the best possible way that you can. Yeah, well, you know, and here's the thing. You know, uh, Matthew 6 and 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When you first uh, seek God, put those things, just like you said with your kids, you know, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they can play sports. They can do that. But, you know, church comes first. You know, all those other things fall into place when you put the Lord first. It's the same thing, you know, like a good principle of this, you know, and I'm not, you know, a lot of people don't like talk about this for whatever reason, but tithing, you know, uh, right. it, it's such a it, it, that's a priority that I mean, that's a principle. Uh, you know, first of all, that 10 percent, that's that's God's money anyway. If it wasn't for him right. blessing you for that that job or whatever it is, you wouldn't have had that money. And that's another, you know, it's crazy. I, you know, that article I read it said that only five percent of church churchgoers gave ten percent or more of their annual income to church or any other charity. I mean, come yeah. on, you know. And 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 it goes into uh, like Luke chapter twelve verse thirty four says, "For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Where are you investing? Where you, you know, not just monetarily, but you know, your time, your 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 passion your drive you know are you putting it in the things of the world or are you putting it in the things of the kingdom of god you know where are you investing at you know that's right and, and that's something we got to we got to take serious you know cuz you know god he's a, he's a, he's what the bible he describes himself as a jealous god you know uh and he says that you should have no other gods before me when we put things before god they become our god that's right that's right. And, and anything, it doesn't, you know, like you were talking about this pastor and fishing. Um, some people like to hunt. Some people like to, yeah. you know, play video games. Some people like to, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Fishing in and of itself is not wrong. There's nothing no. wrong with going out and fishing. There's nothing wrong with going out and, and spending time with God and in and, and, and his nature that he created. There, there's nothing wrong with those things. But when you're putting those things over the things that you should prioritize over your family, over yes. God, over church, over the things that, that, that are, are supposed to be important to you, then they become a problem. Then they become an idol. Um, and your priorities are out of whack and you need to recenter your, yourself. You need to ask yourself, where are my priorities laying? Yeah. What am I 
what are my actions saying that I love? Exactly. That's that. That's what it is. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to we're going to ask the question: Are you driven? If you want to be part of the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss modern, hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcoming common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. You're invited to come be a part of the discussion. If you have a question or comment about this week's show, please email us at realmenatpalaceofpraise.com. Now, back to the show with Anthony and Craig. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Real Men Talk. Um, so now I want to ask the question, are you driven? I see so many people today that are okay with mediocrity and complacency, and it makes me sick. People who have no drive, they have no um, uh, no drive in them, they, they have no, um, uh, no push to be better, no push to... Um, uh, to do anything with themselves, and it is a spirit that is affecting the men um, of this generation, uh, of these few generations that are alive right now. It seems like it's just getting worse and worse. Every person I talk to who owns a business or is at any place that um, hires people or anything, you hear the same thing across the board. I can't find anybody to work. Um, and it is, it's a shame. It's a shame. People don't mind sitting on their butts and not doing anything, um, not working, um, living off the government and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there will not be seasons that you will not need help. I'm not talking about, um, you know, I'm not talking against, um, anybody who needs help or any kind of assistance. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are capable of working and choose not to. Uh, Proverbs one thirty two says, "For the apostasy of the inexperienced will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them." Um, and it's th- this is this is a very sad concept, you know. And this falls right into priorities and goals. Um, if you do not prioritize being effective. Um, providing for your family, um, you are not doing your job as a man. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing too. Uh, Christ himself worked. Uh, you That's know, right. he was a you, yeah, you look throughout these great men of God throughout the Bible, they worked. David was a shepherd. Paul built tents. Peter was a fisherman. I mean, this is the thing is, you know, it wasn't just, oh, man, I'm sunshine and rainbows. No, I mean, there was sweat and blood and tears poured into their day to day life and whatever they did, uh, you know, and, and that's that's what we're called to do. You know, I mean, we we uh, 
I mean, ever since, uh, you know, sin entered the world, you know, it, God said from the sweat of your brow, you know, these things will happen. Uh, That's that, right. You know, you have to, you have to, you know, work from the ground and, and those things. So, uh, you it, it does go to discipline, you know, it, it takes a, into priorities, you know, where, where are you lying? Or what are you investing? You know, Bible talks about leaving an inheritance, you know, to your offspring. That's you know, right. you're not going to do that by, by sitting around for a handout. That's right. And you know, Ephesians 6, 6 says this, it says, don't work while you're being, those who don't work while you're being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, do God's will from the heart. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I have a, it just came to mind, you know, in Acts chapter three, you know, Peter and John are going and, and at the temple, you know, there was the lame man and, you know, you see him laying there and, and I'm sure, you know, uh, people pass this man day after day, day after day, day after day. They probably passed him before multiple times. Matter of fact, Jesus, when he was on this earth, passed this man more than likely. And, uh, and I, I think it, it's what, you know, Peter didn't say, oh, yeah, here you go. He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do give, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You know, he didn't just hand him, you know, uh, give him a handout and enable him to stay where he was at. You know, he he encouraged him to get up and and to walk. Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, those who don't work, don't eat. Um, yes. And I'm paraphrasing. Um, but you know, even Paul, you, you know, it's a very simple concept. You know, you, you look throughout the Bible, the Bible talks about people who, um, you, you know, who, who need help, you know, but it's always talking about the wharf, the orphans and the widows. You never see uh, it talking about a man who can, who can work and chooses not to. It's talking about taking, you, you know, the, the, First chapter of James, the end of the first chapter of James says, "Look after the the orphans and the widows." And this is the true, um, the truest form of, of religion. Again, I'm I'm paraphrasing, um, but as men, it is it is our duty, it is our privilege to provide for our families and the people around us, and we should look at it as, as such. We should look at it as. Um, um, as as doing the will of the Lord, yeah. and uh, and always and consistently putting ourselves in a place to to do better, to push ourselves to um to become better uh, for the Lord. Um, the things that we do um, need to bring glory to God, and and being consistent about that and not being complacent and not being lazy and checking our priorities and our goals and consistently um, putting ourselves in a air in a place to be better yeah you know uh, just like Colossians 3 and 23 says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters you know, everything you do do it unto god you know glorify him like you said anthony you know and and uh and and i'm telling you those things oh man god will bless you i mean it it is a biblical obedience 
to do those things. That's right. You know, we talked about obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, yeah. and we like the idea of of sacrificing for our families, but you know, we don't like the idea of getting out and and working our hand, our hands to the bone to provide for our families, you know, and, um, and again, you, you know, there are seasons, there's seasons, man, you, you know, that, um, that you will have to work. You will have to put in a lot of hours. You have to work at it. You will have to push yourself. Um, but your priority should always be, um, should always line up to the will of God. Always. Yeah. You know, and you know, as a man, and as a father, you have God always first, your wife and your children, and everything else comes after that. Yeah. And, well, you know, and, and in the end, if, you, if you're if you slothful and if you don't, you know, work and, and do those things, you know, in, in all areas of life, in the end, it's going to cause you more havoc. Uh, you know, Proverbs 12 and 24 says, diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends and forced labor. Uh, Proverbs 14, 23 right. says all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So, I mean, yeah, it's important to, and you know, in all areas of life at home, at the workplace in, in church, you know, be driven, you know, have, have passion, be, uh, you know, carry that burden, keep on driving, keep doing it, you know, because, and, you know, as a man, you know, we've talked about it before and everything we do, whether and especially as a Christian, man, you know, think about your workplace, you know, um, or, or wherever, you know, uh, somewhere in your life, there's people that are not Christians that are around that, whether you know it or not, you are leaving an impact and you are leaving an impression and you do have influence on and your demeanor and how you carry yourself and the way you you drive your drive that you have. It, it's setting a precedence in their life. It is showing them, it's a it's setting influence and showing them something. And, you know, that could be the very thing that, that may lead them to Christ, you know, that may want to, may want them to inquire more about your lifestyle. So, you know, it, it doesn't just go in the way we walk, but it go or in the way we talk, but it goes in the way we walk and present ourselves to in every aspect of our lives. That's right. And you, what can God do with the person who is driven? You know, um, my my favorite example of this is Saul. Yes. Um, later became Paul, who wrote two thirds of the Bible. Um, but we see Saul as a young man. Um, Acts Acts chapter nine. We see the conversion. We still we we see Saul as a, as a young person. Um, but verses one and two says now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, and he yes. went to the high priest. To to uh, I'm sorry. Went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So we see, young man, um, you know that Saul was he was driven. He was he, he was passionate about his cause. It may have been wrong. It may have yeah. been wrong, you know, and he was confused and he was led in the wrong way. But you see him passionate about he went out of his way. It doesn't say that they came to Saul, 
It says that Saul went to them, was like, hey, let me let me go do this for you. Let me let me do this. Um, And you see him being driven. Well, you see God in that same chapter. Take this young man who was driven and and convert him to um, it. As driven, just as driven as he was there, as he is for uh, for Christ, um, you, you know we we see we see his driven nature, um, and then in verse twenty we immediately begin to see. Um, I'm sorry, Acts chapter nine verse twenty. Immediately he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. He is the Son of God. Um, so you see, I mean, just right there in the exact same chapter, that same drive after his conversion went right into the kingdom of God instantly, you know, in that same chapter, people are, people were already, the people who sent him were already looking to killing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you see, and it's crazy to see, uh, the, the difference of the drive, because you look after, after Paul, after the conversion, I mean, look at what happened when that drive was was turned, you know, for the good. You know, I mean, you had churches built in Ephesus, churches built in Corinth, churches built, you know, all over, you know, that he that he established, uh, you know, half of the New Testament was written by Paul. You yeah, know, two thirds, you know, well, there are entire denominations you know, I mean, I mean, you look at Christianity as a whole, regardless of dom- denominations, you know, matter of fact, I mean, the teachings, the writings of Paul have are, are, are what have built doctrines. There's I mean, that they are fundamental in, in, in Christianity. And uh, and, you know, that's just so powerful of what God can do. I know we've talked about this before, Anthony, when, you know, you think about it, uh, you know, for an example, this is just an analogy. You know, you got like, a, say, a football scout. You know, and 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 he, you know, he's wanting to make his team better. You know, well, what's he gonna do? He's gonna go get the best player he can find. You know, God looked at like Paul. You know, he saw man, that he as saw he was he was driven. I mean, not in a good way. I mean, it was evil, but he was driven. He had that drive, and God said, "Wow, it was a strategic move on God's part." Like, I can I can use him. I mean. If he submits to my will, I'm going to use him mightily, you know, and God did it. And look what happened. And, you know, you see, you just see what drive can do in a person, you know, like under Hitler, he was a driven man. Six million Jews were killed. But then you look at like a Billy Graham. He was driven for the Lord to spread the gospel. 3.2 million people accepted the invitation to accept Christ as their savior. Reinhard Bunke, a man that evangelized all throughout Africa, 79 million people converted to Christianity under his ministry. That is what, if your drive is in the right place, if your priorities are right, if the discipline's there, God will use you. That's exactly right. And, you know, do you find yourself without drive or without passion? Maybe you're listening today and you're like, man, I don't I don't have any drive to do anything. I don't have any passion to, to do anything. I feel like I, I just live in apathy. Um, you know, and then, then you ask yourself, how do I, how do I find passion? How do I find drive for my life? 
Um, you know, and it's and it's like this. Ephesians four twenty four and it says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Um, Colossians three ten says, and put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge and after the image of Him that created Him. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and be and behold, all things are become new. You know, and you see this common this common thing in all of these, you know, becoming a new man in Christ. If you find yourself in a state where you are not driven, um, where you uh, you have no drive, you have no you need to find your priorities. You need to be like, all right, God, I I have I need I I need to become this new man that you were looking for that I can I can proclaim the gospel that I can be the leader um, that you have called me to be that I can be the the father the husband um, the, the ministry leader um, the the witnesser whatever it is whatever it is that I can be driven at it for your cause. And that is that is what we need as men. We need men who have their priorities right, who have who are driven, who are um, you know um, who are passionate about the kingdom of God. Um, I heard a guy one time he was talking about you. You know, Craig, you were talking about recruiting. He was talking about, and this was in a restaurant. He said, "I would always rather have a guy that I had to pull the rings back because he was he just wanted to take off than I would to have to push somebody the entire time." Oh, um, that's powerful, it, it, you know. And so it, it's it. it People need driven people. That is an example all on its own of the power of Christ in our lives. Well, yeah. And, you know, the thing is the gospel, it wasn't spread by lackadaisy people. It was by driven people, uh, you know, people that were determined. You know, this nation, this great nation, you know, no matter what hell it's going through, no matter what craziness we see, it was created, it was founded by driven men who had a purpose, who wasn't going to stop at any cost. They were going to keep on going. And that is why we are here, you know, because of the blood, the sweat, the tears, the sacrifice of driven men, you know, to make this, to make it happen. That's why we are able to uh, read the scriptures and, and, and to have what we have, the knowledge we have, because it was driven apostles like Peter and Paul, who at any cost did not care they were gonna they were gonna spread the gospel and That's right. uh, and you know and we are in a day and age where you know we're not it's not too much different than them we have to we have to be driven we have to be driven i mean we we cannot be lackadaisy guys all right guys we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about discipline you want to be part of the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss modern, hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcoming common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. 
We meet in room 400 every Thursday. You're invited to come be a part of the discussion. Welcome back to Real Men Talk. Here's Anthony Kernut and Craig Reynolds. All right, guys, welcome back to Real Men Talk. We're going to begin to discuss uh, discipline. And, you know, we've talked about priorities and being driven and the disciplines in our life and why they are important. The discipline um, is an important part of the drive for Christ, you know, the disciplines of reading your word and studying the word and praying um, often, um, you know, that's something that that we need to discipline into our lives. Um, and and it, you see a lot of people who, you know, it kind of kind of goes into priorities. You know, whatever you discipline into your life is what you'll you will hold and you will stand. Um, you will do. You know, the, you'll hear people when it comes to like our, our fleshly bodies. Well, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to, um, you, you know, to to really take care of my body. You know, yada yada yada, um, all these things and. And it's like, wait a minute, but you you have time to 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 sit around and talk for 30 minutes or, you know, do this or do that or, you know, it's whatever you prioritize. It's whatever you discipline. Um, and these disciplines are important um, to our to our spirit, man. They're important to our families. They're important to um, our families through us because of us as leaders. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, you know, it comes to the, like the reading of the word, you know, I mean, within the Bible itself, it talks about how, uh, how important it is and the discipline of, of this is, uh, you know, second Timothy three sixteen through 17 says all scripture is read out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I mean, you cannot have a successful Christ-like walk without the Word of God. There's just no way around it. It is the, it is, it is the infallible. It is the breathed Word of God. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, Psalms one nineteen one five says, "Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." I mean, it is your guiding light. I mean, you have to have the Word of God. Um, and and you know. Uh, Jesus himself even said in Matthew 4, 4, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, you know, to have that word, to be disciplined in your time of word, uh, it, it is so vital. I mean, because the the, the word itself, it is so, it, it, it just, it, every, every time I think about it, every time I read it, it just amazes me how you can read the same verse uh, 50 55 times and you're going to get something different every time. That's I mean, right, because it's alive it, and active. Yeah. And it's sharper than any two edged sword. You know, that is the, I mean, one of the biggest tools in our, in our arsenal to fight the enemy. And, uh, and you know, people that, you know, they, uh, yeah, you know, you, I've heard it before of, you know, I don't really read my Bible as often as I should, but you know, it's okay. You know, I, I, you know, God understands. Well, 
God, God, you know, he sees that, but you know, he, uh, it is commanded that we read our Bible and, uh, That's right. you know, that just shows when, uh, you know, I'm not trying to sound too harsh or too brash, but you know, when somebody says something like that, that just shows that they don't have a very disciplined walk with God. That's exactly right. You know, we don't we don't have time to, to read our Bible or pray, but I've got I've got several hours to sit down and watch TV. Yeah. Um, or, you know, spend all this time at all my kids' practices and and all the all my kids' games and you know, we can we can again go back to priorities. You know, we yes. can prioritize all that stuff. Um, but when it comes to our spiritual man, our, our um you know, that's the reason why people struggle so hard and then all of a sudden um all hell breaks loose and they're like, ah, what do I do? You know, but yes. if they would have if they would have been in touch with God the entire time, this thing would have not caught them off guard. It may have still happened. But it would not, they would know how to deal with it. They wouldn't understand that, okay, this is not a flesh and blood thing. This is, this is a spiritual fight. And I know who to turn to. I know what I'm doing um, because I have the creator on my side because I've been in touch with him. I've been talking with him. Um, I, I talked to an individual um, the other day. Um, the other day and uh, they were talking about their husband and um, you, you know, she was like, Hey, she said, you know, I, I would really like to see my husband get in church, you know? And I was like, well, you know, what does he, what does he do? You know, she's like, well, you know, we've got several friends um, that we're pretty close with, but none of them go. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, if you want him in church, you have got to change the people he is around. You know, and this falls yeah. right into right into disciplines. You, you know, what are you allowing in your life? What are you um, prioritizing? You know, do do you want God or do you want the world? You know, because you say that you want God, but you are dabbling in the world. You know, you you say that you want your husband um, to be in church, but you want to go out drinking on the weekends with your friends. Um, yeah. you, you, you can't, you can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. That's not the way this works. You are going to be whatever your feed, you're going to do whatever you prioritize in your life, period. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, you, you hear, you hear that a lot, you know, uh, I mean, you, you read this in, I, I know like a lot of times, and this does pertain to marriage, but you know, the Bible instructs us in Second Corinthians 6, chapter 6, verse 14, to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Uh, right. uh, and also 1 Corinthians 15, 13 says, be not deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Uh, you, you do, you know, I, I've used, I've seen so many people that want to live both lives. Like you said, have their cake and eat it too. They want to say, well, you know, if if I if I quit being friends with them, or if I quit hanging around them, then there's not going to be any good Christian example to be around them. Okay, here's the thing: plant the seed, move on. That's the right. Bible even says to not cast your pearl before swine. You know, it may sound harsh to people, you know, but the Bible even also says, and uh, you know, some some seed will fall fall on stony ground, some will uh, fall on good soil, some will fall on thorns and, and thistles. That's not your job to 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 declare where it uh, falls. Your job's to plant the seed and then just pray about it and pray and pray that that does fall on good ground eventually and that that harvest does reap. But 
you know, people want to, you know, play this like, well, I got to I got to do all the work and make it happen. It's not your job, you know. That's right. And, and your thing is also, you know, uh, James, uh, it was James, you know, it said that, you know, to flee from the very appearance of evil, you know, uh, and people may not want to hear this, but, you know, if you claim to be a Christian and some of the people you're hanging out with are going out and getting plastered drunk all the time, uh, cussing up a storm, smoking, uh, you know, uh, having premarital sex, uh, that is not a righteous life. That's and right. that is that is not something you need to be associated with because, for one, that could be a stumbling block to you, especially if you have came out of that lifestyle. Uh, that's an easy target to get you right back into it, or it's an easy influence to get you into it if you've never had it. Uh, so don't let the devil deceive you and say, oh, you know, well, I thought you're supposed to be a Christian. Well, you're just going to turn your back on him. Hey, look, we've we've all had to make those decisions. There's some people I have to love from a distance. Uh, and, you know, that's where you got to use wisdom and discipline in what you do. You know, right. plant the seeds, invite them to church. But hey, I love you, bud. But I can't. I can't be a part of that lifestyle. You know, and as men, it goes a lot further than that. Um, you know, we have to. What example are we setting for our families? Our priorities, yeah. our disciplines. Um, you know, I seen a guy. We went. We had went to the river. I don't. know, Maybe it was last summer. Um, we had went to the river, and there was there was a bunch of people there, and there were all these kids, and um, you know, and and as as most of the scenes go that, that are there on the river, you know, there was a lot of alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah. And this guy kept on sending his kid to get this, to get him beer out of this cooler. And, uh, what kind of example was this guy setting for his son? He didn't want him to drink, you know, or he, you know, you, if you, if you ever seen a guy that, uh, um, a young man that'll, that'll, cuss a lot and their parents would be like oh don't be don't be using that language but at the same time they're they're cussing them out and they're carrying on you know the priorities that we set the disciplines that we set in our own lives will carry over to our children Um, what kind of example and what kind of priorities are we showing that our children and our wives and the people around us are important is it is it godly things are we are we showing them the priorities of of raising a family the way that god expects us to to love our wives to work hard are we showing them the the priorities and the disciplines of the world where the the lust of the flesh and 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 going out and and living this this lavish lifestyle that only leads to death and hell yeah and you know that that's the thing is setting that example, you know, because if, if you don't show the example, if we don't show examples as Christians and especially as Christian men, there is a world that's going to show the children and those how to live a different way. You know, that's why, you know, I, I think uh, one thing I, when it comes to discipline, a story I always think of in the Bible is of Samuel and how he prayed, it, you know, said so they, you know, it recorded him praying three times a day that he had a specific time that he prayed every day. It showed discipline of, of, of his life, you know, of his devotion to God that, that it was, you know, it wasn't something uncommon for him to pray and that it was, it was, it was known, you know, and that's how we have to be in our prayer, you know, and, and in our reading and in everything we do, you know, we have to be disciplined to where, you know, I heard a, 
Pastor John Lindell of, of James River Church, you know, he, he on the spe- specific discipline of prayer, you know, he said, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's great to to drive down the road and to uh, pray. You know, that's great. It's it's great to pray here and there, you know, and we should, you know, be in a constant state of prayer, you know, even Colossians 4, 2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. But, you know, there, there has to be a discipline where you set aside a time, a specific time of prayer. You know, like Pastor John Lindell said, you know, he has a time set aside every day, specific time. And, you know, if people say, hey, Pastor, you know, I have a game or I have this, you know, I'd like for you to come to. He says, I'm sorry, I can't have an appointment. He sets aside that time. And he said, and I'm telling you, he's like, do this and watch God bless you. You know, because that's right. the truth. You know, you, when you set aside that time, you make priority for God. You, you, you know, you say, "Hey, this time is me, just me and God time, just me to talk to God." You know, that is so important and so vital in a walk. You know, even even Christ, you know, he went he went away and had his own times of prayer before he spoke with the Father. You know, where he left the disciples and said, "Oh, hey, I gotta go. Ha- I gotta go have a time of prayer and fasting." You know. Um, you know that's so vital, and you know even Jesus, he, Jesus taught the uh, the discipline of that. You know, go into a closet, go into a secret place, close the door, you know, and pray. You know, have that time. You know, it's 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 sacrificing self to God. You know, that's right. You know, and and I and I've said this before, but it bears saying it again. You know, when you set your priorities to get up in the morning. Um, to set aside time um, just with you and God and your prayer, um, Bible study, and things like that. It changes it changes things. Um, it's kind of and, I, and I, again, I know that I've said this before, but it it's kind of like waking up and driving to work and listening to a song and that song being stuck in your head the entire day. What you've done is you have set this presence. You have been in time with the word. You've been, you've been, you've talked to God and yes. that relationship, that conversation and what you've read and, and what you can meditate on bleeds throughout the rest of the day, all day, every day. Um, and that sets a, a tone for that day. And it is it is so vitally important for us to to practice those disciplines. And you know, and the truth is, none of us really um, are as uh, fluent about those as what we what we should be. What we have to do is we have to consistently push ourselves to be better. You know, you know, when we talk about disciplines, these are disciplines that we should learn, that we should pick up, that we should make habits of. Uh, you know, you were talking about the the, the story of Samuel, Craig. You know, mine. Yeah. I, I love the story of Daniel. You know, you talk. You, you know, the the story of Daniel, the lion's den, and it talks about you know how uh, you, you know they they went to the king. They're like, hey, you know this. There's people out there who are praying to a different god, and da 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 da, and um, and it says that Daniel. Uh, you know, of course, they got him to sign their decree, but it says that Daniel went up and prayed in his window as he always did. You know, this is you, you, so when it came to the lion's den, when it came to the trouble, 
he wasn't upset about it. He wasn't scared. He was prepared. He had been in touch with God. He had been there. Um, you, you know, and the truth is, is things are going to happen in life. There, life in general just sucks sometimes. Yeah. And it's there are going to be bad things happen. And when you've been in touch with God, when you've known God, and you know that, and that trust is built up, those things become a lot easier to handle because you are full of the Holy Spirit and you have God and you know that God is there. And when you create those disciplines and that obedience to Christ, he is always there. He always has your back. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to just bring correction. I, I said Samuel earlier, but I meant Daniel. I was talking about the story he was uh, mentioning. Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Apologize. But, you know, yeah. And, uh, and you know, it, it does, it comes into, you know, earlier we talked about, you know, people that exercise and things like that, you know, and, and, and that takes a discipline, you know, and with your physical body and, you know, you, you see people like they'll have that discipline in the gym, you know, where even on days they don't feel like they still go, you know, because that's, that's when you, you know, you'll still, you get some of your best results, you know, when you just push yourself and have that, uh, and, you know, it's the same thing, you know, with our uh, with our Bible studies, with our prayer, you know, and, and importantly, you know, most importantly, too, is uh, also when we come to church, you know, even the days we don't feel like it, you know, we I, we've, we are in this culture and uh, this day and time where uh, uh, things have become so convenient for us. You know, uh, I love live streams. Don't get me wrong. I love the Internet. I do. I'm not I'm not down in I'm not down in that. Um, and you know, during COVID, it was very vital because, you know, it was a way for us to still be connected, a way for us to still, you know, have, have the services. Uh, but you know, people have, have given it, you know, uh, taken that convenience now to where they're not wanting to come back to the house of God and be with like-minded brothers and sisters in person. And, um, and you know, where is your, where is your discipline, your priority to do that? You know, it, that takes it takes a, an extra drive, you know, to to want to get up out of bed and not watch it from home in your pajamas, you know, to have that. And, uh, you know, I think it's just so important to have those things, you know, because it's what makes our it's what makes our our uh, our walk stronger. You know, when we when we follow those things. That's right. Maybe you find yourself at a place where you're not driven and you're not uh, and, and, and you're you have questions, you know, how to. How do I get out of this? You'd like to talk to somebody. You can contact us at realmen at palaceofpraise.com. Um, that's our email address. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. We would love to talk with you. We'd love to be able to get you help. Um, we would love to discuss ways that, that you can become driven. Um, if you've got any questions, contact us. And as always, I would like to end in a prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes of our communities and of our churches and teach us to be godly courageous men in jesus name amen you've been listening to real men talk brought to you by palace of phrase church in poplar bluff missouri if you would like to get in touch with us shoot us an email realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. 
If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service.